Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In a way, when you step aside from the norm and you start behaving in a way that people would call different you are segregating yourself from society or from your friends or from your family and for me I was vegetarian for a long time and did it feel lonely yes it did because maybe my friends didn't have the same views as me or couldn't understand really what I was doing However, I did take that as an opportunity to try and, I guess, convert people and um, educate them. And I was very stubborn and very strong-willed back in the day, and I guess I still am. Hi, I'm Francesca Spector, and you're listening to Alonement, the podcast that broadens the conversation around alone time. Each episode, I ask my guest about the time they spend by themselves and why it matters. At the heart of every episode is one central question. What turns solitude into a good or bad experience? Because when alone time isn't lonely, it's alonement. First, I want to give a quick thank you to this episode's sponsor, Dr. Vegan. If you're anything like me, you've probably been struggling to reach a state of calm lately. Lockdown has dragged on, and sometimes we all need a little extra helping hand to be our best, most resilient selves. Lately, I've been taking Stay Calm supplements by Dr. Vegan, which contain mood-stabilizing B vitamins together with L-theanine, which helps to reduce feelings of stress and anxiety. So if you're interested in trying out the supplements for yourself, you can buy them on Dr. Vegan's website, drvegan.com. Quote the code ALONEMENT20 for 20% off the entire range. This week, I'm speaking to one of the UK's best-known reality TV stars, Lucy Watson. Lucy was one of the longest-serving cast members of hit Channel 4 show, Made in Chelsea. She even delivered what was, to my mind, one of the most memorable, and definitely the most unlikely, lines to come out of the show. 
Yes, it was the time she asked a table of fellow dinner party guests, why is everyone getting up in my grill? Lucy's grill is now a firmly meat-free zone. While some reality TV stars fade into the ether, Lucy has used her fame for good. Since leaving Made in Chelsea in 2016, she's gone on to become an animal rights activist, starring in campaigns for animal aid and petter. I never quite know how these episodes are going to turn out, and often I find myself inspired by guests in a way I never could have predicted. What stood out to me from speaking to Lucy was the importance of sticking to the values that you care about, even if that occasionally makes you feel isolated from the people around you. Yes, even the people you love most. During this episode, we talk about how Lucy has channeled what she calls her stubborn, strong-willed personality into her activism, writing her first book, Awakenings, about her vegan journey. And it hasn't always been easy. Lucy tells me about the loneliness she's experienced along the way, from being told to sit alone at the vegetarian table during her school days, to the struggles of stepping away from the norm, and how that made her feel segregated, on a more proverbial level, from her friends. Later, Lucy tells me about the impulsive solo holiday to LA that she took, to escape the limelight of being in Made in Chelsea during her first series filming. Given that she spent almost half a decade being constantly surrounded by cameras, I kick off this episode by asking her, five years on, what her relationship with alone time is like nowadays. I actually really like being alone. So it's it's something that... I weirdly take great pleasure in doing and I'm very comfortable in my own sort of company so it's being alone is actually it's almost like a relief <laughs> I know that sounds weird but um I'm I'm really busy at the moment and I'm always you know doing stuff I'm always with like my animals or my boyfriend or my family or my friends or whatever and actually having alone time is something I've really learned over the years to enjoy and appreciate Yes. And of course, you know, I first became aware of you when you were on Made in Chelsea for, was it four years or something? It was, it's a long time. And and of course, you know, not only are you surrounded by all your fellow cast members and friends, you're also surrounded by a crew watching every intimate conversation. Mm, Yeah. So yeah, when it gets to times like that, I think during that process, I definitely um, would thrive off the time that I used to get to spend alone because it was like, you know, like you said, it was it was a really hectic time. So it was um, those rare sort of moments that I'd get to myself that I would really, really enjoy. Yeah. Was it sort of a relief when the cameras were turned off at the end of the day? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And you know, from the perspective of alone time and sort of, you know, just that self-awareness and, you know, connecting with yourself, there's a line in the book, which I think is fascinating, where you say, you know, because, you know, the whole, the book is all about your vegan journey from, you know, from being vegetarian to becoming vegan and all the things you discovered about yourself and about boundaries. The line that I love that really stands out is you say, living as a vegan, I feel like the real me. Could could you unpack that a little bit more for me? I can. So 
I guess I've been brought up to um, have certain morals and I've always been brought up around animals and I've always definitely loved animals and been against animal cruelty from a young age and been taught that, you know, if we hurt others or anything like that, that is wrong. So I guess those are my beliefs. And I didn't realize as a child that I wasn't necessarily aligning my actions with my beliefs because I was eating the food that was put in front of me that happened to have been the product of of animal cruelty. So I guess now I strive to live as as cruelty-free a life as possible. And that is that's just genuinely what I believe is the right is the right way to live. And um, you know, through this vegan journey, I've just come closer and closer to that. And yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel now, more authentically myself. That's interesting. And how does that affect you on a day-to-day basis, do you think? I feel like I'm not being a hypocrite I guess um and that's a really nice feeling well I try not to be anyway and I guess I feel um just just really relaxed in my actions and what I'm doing I don't feel guilty um I I feel very at one with with um my sort of lifestyle and and what I'm doing at the moment Mm. When you speak about when you were, you know, a child sort of eating what's put in front of you as children do, you know, as you do when you're growing up, that social conditioning, how did that feel stepping outside of that, outside of what you'd always been told was the right thing to do? Um, I think for most children, we do just eat what's what's put in front of us because we don't have the understanding of, you know, where our food comes from and, you know, how to make food and all that kind of thing. And, and we have that trust, I guess, in our in our parents to just eat exactly what we're given. I think I think we would quite literally at a certain age eat anything that is put in front of us because that's what our parents are doing for us. And we know it's with good intentions. Um, and I think. um sort of growing up on a farm I had a better insight than most children into where my food came from and of course there are some clues here and there you know some of uh, the foods that we eat are named the same name as the animal itself so chicken for instance if you're eating chicken you are quite literally eating a chicken whereas other words are a little bit more confusing like beef you wouldn't necessarily as a child associate that with a cow um and I think you know growing up around these animals all these farm animals my whole life and spending you know so much of my free time with them and and you know enjoying their company and everything I slowly started to figure out from a young age was there a correlation between the two you know were they the same thing? Was the sort of piece of food on my plate the same as, you know, the chicken that I would play with in my backyard? Um, So I feel like my mum says that I was quite quick to kind of pick up on those things. And I think that by the time a lot of children have got to an age where they do fully understand that, um, you know, logically and and just the technicality of all of it I think they're so they've been eating these products for their you know majority their whole life and whether they find that out when they're 10 or 8 or whatever it's it's something they've been doing for so long they don't even really question it and I was so young when I found out that I I was kind of 
able to question it and wanting to question it and very confused by it all and horrified actually by it yeah and I guess yeah I that's interesting what you said about the names of the animals that you're eating it was very logical for you as a child to say oh I'm eating a chicken I I saw a chicken earlier today and oh god is that what's directly gone onto my plate whereas yes. yeah it's quite easy not to have that connection if you you know live in the city I, I think so I think most children don't really have that um connection to animals you know maybe they see them in a storybook or something like that but I just don't think that most children have the capacity to actually relate the two and and they wouldn't even know how to relate the two to think that you know that animal has to you know be killed and then have all its feathers removed and then turned into a product and put on my plate like that's a long process for a child to really figure out and I think just because I was around these animals every single day it just was something that um, I was able to kind of clock onto a little bit earlier than most. You know the title of your book is Awakenings that's a really strong you know, powerful word, which does, you know, awakenings can apply to anything, whether that's, you know, veganism, whether that's religion, big, powerful self-revelations. And of course, I think it's one thing being aware of something, aware of your beliefs, and then it's, you know, it's one thing following them through. And you you used the word hypocrite earlier. All of us have elements of hypocrisy in our behavior. Of course, you know, in the book, you say there's no perfect vegan, but, you know, in order to both awaken and then you know act in a way which did seem in in line with each other that must have taken a big journey of self-knowledge and how how did you do that what what were the tools you used um I guess it was a really long process for me because you know there's so much that comes down to it and I talk about it all in the book but as a society you know the norm is to eat animals to eat animal products to wear animals all these kind of things it's it's the norm and it's what people have been doing for a long time and we tend not to question um traditions um you know habits all these kind of things if it's something that everyone else is doing and if it's something that you've done for a really long time but I think with awakenings in the title you can sort of be subconsciously aware of something but maybe choose to keep your eyes closed on that topic and maybe choose not to delve deeper into it because you don't want to um maybe you don't have the sort of passion or the drive or the or the the time or whatever it may be and that's you know the whole process of awakenings is that you actually choose to delve into the subject and you choose to um, educate yourself and you choose to open your eyes to, to some things that may not be comfortable for you to see and that naturally you would choose to avoid. Um, but you, you make that choice because you want to make a change and you want to be in the know about what is going on and what you're sort of um, paying for or putting in your body or whatever it may be. That's kind of where the title came from. And it it does, I think, back in the day when it was five years ago when I did it, I think it did take a, a certain amount of passion. And I, I would say that I'm definitely passionate about um, animal rights, um, which maybe, you know, the average person may not be. However, I would say nine out of 10 people that you approach and say, are you against animal cruelty? I think nine out of 10 would say yes, 
so there's that um but I would say yeah maybe I had that little bit more drive and really just striving for what was right for for animals from the beginning but I think there are so many reasons for people to approach this topic now whether it's um animal rights whether it's sustainability health maybe it is a trend that you want to try there are so many different aspects that I think people are talking about it a lot more and and um approaching it from an angle where it's something they've just heard about from their friends or whatever it is so it's a lot easier for people to access and I wanted to make the book so that um people could kind of open their eyes to something just from reading a book because otherwise it turns into this whole kind of detective work where you're doing all this research online and watching all these documentaries and you know speaking to people farmers all this kind of thing so I try to kind of make it as simple as possible. Was there ever a time when you did choose to keep your eyes closed when you sort of you know were in denial almost yes. about how what this journey would be? Yes, um, I, I'm honest about that in the book as well. I think there are times when it suited me to um, avoid certain um, truths, and maybe it was for a selfish reason, maybe it was for a convenience. Um, you know, there was a long time when I was pescatarian and I ate fish for majority of my life. And, you know, deep down, there was a part of me that knew there would be an element of cruelty involved with, you know, killing a fish and eating it. Um, but I kind of convinced myself that fish were immune to pain (laughs) and that they didn't have any sort of awareness. Um, and that's because I liked the taste and that's because I wanted to eat fish um however the more research I did the more I kind of realized that actually that was not the case and once I'd kind of done that research and everything I just I I I just felt like I couldn't ignore it and I had to make the change it's it's funny also when you spoke about growing up on a farm and being able to almost point to the animals that you'd then be eating with fish I suppose there was more of a disconnect with you and fish because mm-hmm. you weren't you know you quite simply weren't around lots of fish in the same way you wouldn't they weren't your friends yeah and and I think everyone's a bit disconnected to fish aren't they unless you're like a marine biologist or something or maybe you live somewhere where you're swimming and snorkeling every single day fish are very far removed from humans and if especially if you live in a city um or somewhere you know like the UK so yeah they just they just weren't a species that I was really fond of that I was like oh I really care about them um however just because I didn't really care about them or anything like that doesn't mean it was necessarily right for me to eat them yeah that's how I felt it is a process it's not just like it's not just one big epiphany it's a, it's a gradual thing which is why I think again, the title was so clever moving on to the idea of loneliness because on this podcast I like to obviously talk about a positive experience of being alone and what that brings but I also think the flip side is loneliness and everyone does experience that in different situations and in your book you speak about the idea of loneliness in relation to your well your vegetarian and then vegan journey so yeah you know I see what you wrote about uh being sat at a separate dinner table at school you know the vegetarian table yes yeah I I didn't really think about that at the time and I think now looking back on it I think about how I was kind of segregated due to 
my beliefs, I guess. Um, and I look back on it and think, wow, that was really not very good um, schooling from from the teachers to put me on a separate table from my peers. And, you know, I was sitting with children that were much older than me. And um, I guess I, I at the time I just dealt with it. I I do like to think of myself as a relatively sort of independent person even from a young age I was like that um but yes I think for a lot of people when they go vegetarian or vegan or if they step away from the norm um so to speak in any way it can be lonely because you may not feel like you have that many people to sort of talk to about it or um relate to and in a way, when you step aside from the norm and you start behaving in a way that people would call different, you are segregating yourself from society or from your friends or from your family. And for me, I was vegetarian for a long time. And ugh, did it feel lonely? Yes, it did, because maybe my friends didn't have the same views as me or couldn't understand really what I was doing. Um, however, I did take that as an opportunity to try and, I guess, convert people and um, educate them and, and um sort of teach them about things that I knew that maybe not everyone would know about. So I was very stubborn and very strong-willed back in the day, and I guess I still am. But I do know that a lot of people, I get a lot of messages, um, especially from younger people, saying that they are really struggling at home because, you know, maybe their parents are not supportive of their decision to live a more sort of compassionate lifestyle um and maybe that's really really hard for them and I can't imagine what that's like because I personally haven't had to experience that my parents whether they ate meat or not have always supported my decisions yes and you're a pretty good missionary aren't you because I believe you've converted your mum your sister Tiffany and James your fiance all round to veganism by this point yes Yes, they are. Um, and, you know, if they, if it wasn't something that they really, really believed was like the right thing to do, um, they wouldn't do it. But I think I knew that deep down they all sort of morally were in alliance with um, sort of veganism and what it was about. And um, I just kind of had to sort of clear the path so to speak, and help them help them wake up. <laughs> but um, yeah, I did do that. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. A conversation, it reminds me of, uh, I spoke to a woman called Millie Gooch earlier this week. And Millie owns this amazing platform called the Sober Girl Society that is about, you know, sobriety. And again, I think there's a parallel in that, you know, she was talking about her journey of sobriety and how she was um, you know, the only one of her friends that didn't drink at the time. Um, and she said that, you know, it, it was a process, but ultimately her friends were very very supportive but it was a process that was maybe difficult within a group dynamic people would question themselves or question how things would be going forward did you find that at all with you know with your friends and peers did you ever find that idea that maybe it rubbed people up the wrong way or they felt that they were sort of apologizing for themselves almost um a lot of my friends have gone vegan or or maybe majority plant based since um i have and um you know i don't want to say like it's all because of me because it's not you know they've had their own journeys but i would like to think that i've had some influence over that and um you know it's really nice for me and i think for i'm in a very privileged position where i am surrounded with people that do support me um, however, I know that's not the case for so many people and it can be alienating. I mean, a friend of mine, you know, she in her group of friends is the only one who is vegetarian or vegan or whatever. And, and she gets mocked for it by her friends. You know, they gang up on her. Um, they make her feel like she is, um, stupid and, you know, it's almost bullying to a point um, where people will say, oh, you know, get over it. Or can't you just be a bit more easy going? Like, why can't you just, you know, do you want, why don't you just go and eat some bacon or whatever it may be? You know, it, it must be so hard for people in those scenarios. And I personally would not ever choose to be around people like that. Um, but you know, if it's your whole friendship group, what are you supposed to do? It's tricky. Um, and people, you know, sometimes people go through experiences like this and maybe they're not, they're not the most outspoken or strong willed, or there's a lot of my friends that, that would go vegan because they do really, really 
agree with everything about veganism, but they don't want to be seen as someone that is being difficult in a group scenario. And that is just because they don't want to have to have that confrontation. And it's a shame. It is a shame that people have to feel like that. Um, And, you know, I guess to anyone listening, if you have someone that is going through the same thing, then I guess just be as supportive as you can be, even if it isn't something that you agree with. You know, unless you actually know everything you do, you can possibly know about the subject. You can't really have a problem with it. Mm. You know, it's not even knowledge sometimes because people feel different ways as well, don't they? Your first insight into how animals were slaughtered, you, you immediately wanted to take that action and change your lifestyle. You know, people might five years down the line not ever think that they would ever become vegan and they might so I I suppose it's you know we're we're all sort of we're all evolving we're all capable of change and that you know whether whatever route that goes down for you you know it might happen so I guess open-mindedness without shutting other people down yeah and I guess you would hope like we said earlier about animal cruelty and how people you know I would think that the UK especially is a country that is against animal cruelty um so you would hope that people who are against animal cruelty could potentially align animal cruelty with slaughter and potentially have an open mind about it. I'm not expecting everyone to go vegan. Um, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but I guess it's just small changes here and there for anyone that is, you know, of that mindset that animal cruelty is wrong. Yeah. You said that, you know, it it might be harder for people with different personalities to yourself to Mm. almost own their veganism. And you described yourself as stubborn earlier. I mean, stubborn, Mm -hmm. stubborn can also, you know, it also can be a very good thing. And as I'm sure, yeah, as I'm sure you, you know that that, you know, stubborn is sticking to your guns, stubborn is knowing your own mind and, you know, qualities that a lot of people find very hard to have. And do you think that you see your personality as an asset as part of why you should be standing up for veganism? Definitely. Um, I, you know, I've been, I've had many issues with my stubborn behavior in the past, maybe when I was growing up where it wouldn't play in my favor or, you know, it would actually prove um, a conflict for some relationships and stuff like that. And I've sort of learned to kind of become aware of like my qualities and when they're good and when they're bad. But I think with this kind of topic and with any kind of um, movement, I guess, whether it's human rights, animal rights, um, uh, environmentalists, all that kind of thing, I think you do have to have, if you're trying to be a leader in that department, I think you do have to have quite a strong personality because you are going to come up against a lot of negativity and opposing opinions. Um, And you've got to be kind of ready for that. So I think it does it definitely does help me in that in that space yeah and you know as a as a it's interesting because you are a pioneer the idea of being a pioneer and you know pushing something forward and, and you know, being the person that stands for something and inspiring others that can be a lonely place to be and but do you think that that's do you think that that has perhaps changed over the time period that you know you've got friends and family on board do you think through inspiring others you've perhaps found it less lonely than it might have been at the start so much has changed in five years um I mean I'm sure you know that anyone would know that it's everything's changing every day every month and 
you know, veganism five years ago was totally alien, crazy. And, and, you know, you'd walk into a supermarket and you'd literally be like, okay, um, I can basically shop in the fruit and veg department and that's kind of it and maybe get some pasta and things like that. But now it's, it's just completely changed. Um, and you know, you walk into a supermarket, every supermarket you walk into has got a vegan range of some kind and they're just growing day by day. So it's a much different place. And I think that also people are more familiar with the terminology. Um, I think back then people didn't really understand what, what veganism was. And I'm not saying everyone, cause some people did, of course. Um, but generally I would say a lot of people didn't understand. I'd go into a restaurant and it would be like, what are you talking about? What can I feed you? You know, I've even been turned away from restaurants before, which sounds crazy when I'm basically eating fruits, vegetables, grains, nuts, seeds, some of the most common foods that we eat every day as humans. Um, But I think um, nowadays, like, you know, there's celebrities talking about it really high profile celebrities, which obviously gets the word out. There's, you know, Instagram bloggers, um, that is in the news. It's just, it's, it's most people have heard of it. So I think, you know, that helps. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Greg's does a vegan sausage roll five years ago, imagining that being the case. Oh my God. Have you ever tried it? I have, can't say I'm a fan. I like a lot of other vegan burgers, but no, not that, not that. How about you? Um, yeah, I have to say I do, I do really like it, Really, um, but it's so salty, isn't it? That, I think that's really it. salty. It's not something it. I'd want to eat all the time. Um, however, if there are people that were eating that sort of the meat version of it all the time and they had to make a change and they wanted to make a change to the vegan one, then amazing. Um, because I'm sure it's probably a bit healthier for you than that one. Um, but I mean, I'm just excited. I get excited every time there's a supermarket or, or a chain store or a restaurant or anything that's like, oh, we're bringing out this. It's just so crazy and creative and inspiring to see what people can come up with. I mean, literally replicating flavors, textures, um, everything. It's it's incredible. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I'm going for dinner uh, with a friend of mine um, tomorrow and he's a carnivore, but he said to me, I'm really excited because we get to go to this uh, burger place that does Beyond Burgers. There are so many people doing that, you know, people, and, and it's all about branding and, 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 you know, who's talking about these products, because if the, if people who follow those people are inspired by them or they're a fan of them, then they're going to want to do it too. It's all about, you know, what influences are driving this. And that's it. I suppose there's that excitement with so much innovation in the vegan sector. It's so exciting. And that's what I want people to know. This isn't just all sort of like, I guess the, the blood and the tears it's, it can be an emotional journey and it can be hard and it can be overwhelming, but it is also so exciting. Um, you know, like I said, so much has changed in just the five years I've been vegan, you know, what's, what's it going to be like in 10 years? Yeah, it is exciting. It's funny. You know, I say this a lot about alone time because I say, look, it's not just, it's not denial. It's not isolation. It's discovering a new way to be. And that doesn't mean that because you spend, it's opening up the world as well. Yeah. I think everyone goes through a time in their life when being alone is scary or sad and that's normal. But I think when you can get to a place where you are comfortable being alone and you do enjoy it, 
it's such a nice feeling um and you know whatever it may be the journeys that get you there um you know they may be really hard times but alone time can be some of the best kind of rewards for yourself that you can that you can really give Mm. so on on that note what what is your alonement time yeah so um I guess if I've been really really busy you know for instance I've got my book coming out this week and I had my underwear range launched yesterday you know my boyfriend um is at work and um it's times like that that I'm like okay I can sit down and just just actually hear my thoughts and I know that sounds crazy but I am someone who and I know everyone not everyone's like this but my thoughts are pretty wild like they're they're non-stop and they're just it's like my my brain is chatting to me 24 7 it doesn't shut up and to actually just sit down and listen to what is going on can be really peaceful for me and um really productive I know that sounds weird but just sitting and doing nothing um I'm never really alone because I have a dog and two cats so being alone is actually I don't I don't remember what that's like um but that's kind of as as good as it gets in terms of being alone and and just doing what you want to do as well you know when you live in a relationship or maybe with your family or your friends I think you know, you have to kind of, there's a lot of compromise involved all the time. And when you're on your own, you can just kind of do what you want when you want to, which is really nice. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny when, because I don't have any pets. I, I really wish I did, especially a cat yeah. during the pandemic would have been pretty cool. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's so nice. I, I, I don't really know how, how, almost how to think about it in terms of being alone. Would you say it's almost like a halfway house having an animal with you? Because obviously they can't speak back to you. Yeah, it's really hard for me. I do actually feel like it's difficult for me to comment on because um, I wouldn't say that because I am not with another human being that I am alone in a way. Some people may say that is the case, but I'm with three completely different personalities that all have needs and, you know, want to hang out with me or do whatever. So I'm not actually alone, <laughs> but um and I guess maybe if they weren't here, I would feel more lonely, being completely honest. I probably would. But, you know, there have been times when I have, you know, like you were saying, when I was filming for Made in Chelsea, where I would be alone and I would just come back from a long day and I would just, you know, run a bath or cook myself a meal, get a takeout, put on my favorite TV show and, and you know, go to bed when I want to go to bed and sleep into when I want to sleep in it's just such a nice feeling to be able to do whatever you want to do um whenever you want to do it so yeah and do you think that you'd still do the same kind of things if you you know if if James was out and you were alone with your pets do you think you'd do you'd act as if you were alone at home or not um if I'm being completely honest I kind of use the time to when they're sleeping which they're sleeping right now I can kind of do what I was saying before with my thoughts and working and just figuring out like my goals in life and you know just listening to my feelings and all that kind of stuff but when they are awake and it's just me and them like I really just get a lot of pleasure out of spending time with them and um you know just bonding with them and and giving them lots of cuddles and playtime and stuff like that so yeah it, it's it is 
not completely alone I love that it's so sweet like it's it's literally like having children like three furry children it it really (laughs) is and some people may think that's crazy but I think others that maybe have a close relationship with you know like their furry companions will completely relate but it's different in a way that you know the fact that animals can't speak back there's almost that the way that they will love you is is simpler mm. in a way because it's not you know it's not sort of demanding of like particularly like you know intellectual conversation or any of that is it like more of a simpler yeah sort of so I guess in that sense there is um more of a relaxed undertone and it is a little bit more simple but I would say they still have their way of communicating even if they can't speak um our language I think that they do speak in their own way and you know I can always kind of tell what they're thinking and they can be demanding they can you know I mean it just literally sounds like I'm talking about children right now but you know (laughs) I can tell when they want something and when they you know need something or whatever so um but yes of course it doesn't it doesn't take as much brain activity let's just say that yeah and is is that quite nice is it nice you know a nice contrast to being it's around? so nice it's so nice and that's just another thing that I love about animals I think you know they're just and I put this in the book as well I think you know there's no judgment there's no um sort of complex emotions um that maybe we have with humans and you know I just think that they are so also comfortable in their own skin and it's just it's just a really lovely energy to be around um it's just a really relaxed energy yeah finally Mm. I you know I wanted to ask what's your favorite ever memory associated with time spent alone yeah well um when I was filming for the show I think I'd been filming for a year maybe um and it was hectic it was you know it was crazy um crazy time of my life and very overwhelming and I was exhausted both both mentally and physically you know emotionally drained um and I just decided to kind of just just fly to LA on my own um and you know, I knew people out there, but I knew I wouldn't be spending, like, I'd be staying on my own in a hotel, and I'd kind of dip in and see people here and there, but it was really amazing. It was one of the best things I've ever done. You know, just getting that flight on my own was a big enough deal for me, because I literally get the worst anxiety with flying, Um, but it was just like, what am I going to do today, and what am I going to see, and just like, I don't know, it was so fun. You know, I always used to think people were crazy when they'd say they'd go traveling on their own. I'd be like, what are you doing? This is scary. Um, but actually, you can really sort of find yourself. And um, yeah, it was a really good experience for me. Yeah. And this is because I think we're the same age. So this would have been about, you, you were 21, 22 when that happened? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 21 or 22. I think 21. Which is really, really young to to travel alone. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I hear other people do it. Um, but and also I'm an anxious human. Like I really do get anxious about a lot of things. So it was quite a big, big move for me. But I think I was just like my tank was overflowing. Um, and I just needed to like chill. <laughs> and it was an impulsive move. I think I booked my flights five days and I just went five days later. So it was yeah really impulsive and fun and what do you think gave you the courage because maybe a lot of people think about it but wouldn't actually do it um 
If I'm being completely honest, there was a guy uh. <laughs> involved um, that I had a thing for and I knew I wasn't going to see him all the time, but I just was like, oh, it could be fun. Um, so that was a part of my kind of um, motive. But I think also I was just like, I need to get out of this country. <laughs> I need to go somewhere where maybe not that I was like the most famous person in the world, but like it was crazy at the beginning. You know, you couldn't really walk down the street and 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 like not have people come up to you. It, it was really crazy back then. And it was quite nice to go somewhere where I like didn't have to deal with that. So yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, completely. Because yeah, I guess that sort of anonymity, although in LA, I guess people had, Made in Chelsea hadn't quite made its way to America. No. Then. no it wasn't in, on in America and the only people when I was out there that I did speak to or see that would come up to me or whatever were, were tourists so it was you know it was much more relaxed at that point I mean I literally sound like I'm tr- I'm acting like I'm Beyonce here because I really am not but like I said I am an anxious person so I was it was it was a weird time having to everywhere you walked and went into shops or anything people would talk to, you know come up to you and say things not not all the time it was it nice so it was a real sort of break from that as well oh I mean Lucy I was obsessed with the show oh were you <laughs> oh that's so nice yeah it was it was a weird time it's nowhere near like that anymore which is really good yeah and is there is there a moment from that LA trip that you remember like very consciously like being on your own do you remember like Um, being quite bold and solo there yes I actually went and watched the sunset on the beach on my own (laughs) and it was so amazing it was like the most beautiful sunset that I've ever seen and I took so many photos of it I think I even did like a time lapse or something um but it was just so like there's something about the water as well and like just the sun setting is so calming and really, really healing for your soul. So it was amazing. Wow. I think that sounds like a perfect alonement moment. Oh, it was so good. So good. Oh, well, Lucy, thank you so much. It's been so nice meeting you and chatting to you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. I really hope you enjoyed listening and that it's given you some valuable advice and inspiration for turning your alone time into alonement. If you enjoyed this episode, and I really hope you did, then I'd be so grateful if you could leave a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.